0: You're listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville and Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured Sermon of the Week. James 3, you ready for this? James 3, we're going to read the whole chapter. Is that okay? Is that all right that we read chapters, whole, all like scriptures? Is that all right, Chris? I know, that's what we're going to do. Chapter 3, if you have your devices, you can go to ESV. That's what we're going to read out of English Standard Translation Version. Bear with me, my voice is just about ready to go. So I'm gonna try to get through this whole message and then I won't talk ever again. Now, not verse one. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man able also to bridle his whole body. But if we put bits in the mouths of horses, so they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are large, they're driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, whatever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. Many of you probably don't even think about your tongue. James is reminding you it's a powerful piece of your anatomy. How great a forest is set ablaze, It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessings and cursings. My brother, these things ought not to be. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have a bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But... The wisdom from above, first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fortune, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. We ask Holy Spirit that you would give us wisdom to not only hear it, but to apply it to our lives. Today, we lift up all our SALT students and our leaders that are at camp today, that they would have an encounter with you. Lord, we're asking that every student that comes back is radically changed. And as parents, Lord, we know we want them to have an encounter apart from us that they would meet with you personally. So, Lord, we thank you right now for Camp Gardner Creek, that your spirit would be thick there too. Lord, we lift up Pastor Josh in Nepal. Lord, we ask that you give him wisdom. Lord, even protecting the team as they minister in that region. We thank you, Lord, that this church is reaching all the places around the globe. And Lord, that we can be your hands and feet to a generation in this time that desperately needs you in Jesus' name. Amen. How many have been following this whole Asbury University outpouring revival? Pretty remarkable what's happening. It's interesting because I've been watching it. My wife and I have been discussing it because like, there's so, many, so much information coming. And I'm learning, I don't know if it's in my old age, Steve, but as I'm getting older, I'm learning to just wait before I make a comment. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. That might be from James. Anyway, by the way, but I'm learning that people want to first make a post and get there, make a video, make sure I'm there. Look, But here's what I've noticed with, with these things is that every time we look at revival, it seems to be focused around repentance and simplicity. Like, like, it just seems like every time God does something, it's very simple. And he uses the most unlikeliest of people. Here they were, I grew up in a, in a Christian school, and we used to have chapel on Wednesdays, similar to what they did. I think they had chapel, they preached, had some worship, and it just kept going. It's like, it's just an ordinary Wednesday. For some reason, God shows up. And it's like, you don't want to shut that down. You just want to keep going. So this is what God does. But here's what I've learned is many times we want the power of God, but we don't want to put the work in. We want God to move in miracles, signs, and wonders, but we don't want to forgive. And James keeps coming back to the simplicity of what we say. It's like there's power in our voice. That's why I think it's so important that we are worshipers. We don't hold back our worship. Listen, I could barely even talk. My voice was cracking over there. I don't care. Some of you don't. You're so worried about how singing and key and the melodies you're putting out. We're in Nashville. If you can't go, woo, you know, you're not going to sing. But the reality is God loves your voice. Now, I've said this before. I believe there's a heavenly auto-tune in heaven that all of your horrible voice notes go through the filter. And God's like, this is beautiful, Scott. That's a good word, right? You know, not everybody can sing like Aaliyah or Hannah. But here's the good news. He wants you to use your voice to declare his goodness. Something shifts around you. There's power in your voice. So today, the title of my message is called Wisdom Words. And this is where I want to marinate on, James 3, 16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. That sounds like our nation sometimes. But, here's good news, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. May that be the meditation of our heart that comes out of our mouth. Amen? Amen. How do we apply this? I notice this, that a mature Christian is restrained. The enemy is always trying to rile you up to get a response every day of your life. He is doing something to rile you up. Some of you parents would call that your children, Children, you would call that your parents, riling me up every day, Mom. Why you got to do this? I'm not going to do a chore. Whatever that is, it's that constant riling up, right? The enemy wants to rile you up so you respond with the pa- Listen, the enemy does not have the power that you have in your mouth. He doesn't. He doesn't. This is a misnomer. The church thinks the enemy has all this power. We only give him the authority that he operates in. I'm telling you. All authority has been given to you. You have the ability to command things to be dead and command things to life. The problem is many times we do the work for the enemy and he just sits back and says, thank you. You kill things with your mouth. I'll never be good enough. This will never work out. We'll never get ahead. My marriage will never succeed. I'll never meet Mr. and Mrs. Wright. We'll never get pregnant. Whatever that is. You kill the things with your mouth. And so this message is just applicable today as it was before. And here's the deal. I think now, even more so, because back then when James was alive, he didn't have social media. See, every one of us had the ability to tap into something at record rate. When a tsunami hits across the wor- world, we can literally watch it on Twitter and see the thing happening in real time. Never had this before. We can communicate with people all over the world in real time. We see things happening, we know, and we're expected to make a response. In 2020, we were expected to respond somehow on media about everything that was going on in our nation. Some of you did, some of you regret it, some of you didn't, and we're thankful you didn't do it. Either way, what's the deal? We're trying to be pivoted into a response, and God is saying, wait and restrain. Look at this, Proverbs 6. This is a powerful verse. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are abomination to him. Now, right there, I'm going, okay, these are a big deal. Let me see what he says. He says, haughty eyes. Now, not always like smoky eyes that women do with their eyes. I don't always feel that when I hear that. I like when you're here, then I can refer to you so my jokes get a little bit better. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deceives and devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among the brothers. Did you notice that out of the seven, three of them have to do with your mouth? So three of them right there are indicative to what you say. Let me give you some stats. It says on average, now I know not everybody in this room will average this, but on average you will average one-fifth of your life talking. Some of you, it's less. Some of you, it's more. That's right, Angela. You will create, listen to this, you will create a 50 page document every day in your words. You will create 132 volumes per year of 200 and 400 pages per volume, which means an over a lifetime 3,000 volumes of your words. So, my question to you today is what kind of documents are we creating? What are the documents that they can pull out of, the, out of, the, the, uh, out of the, the bookcase of life, of Sandy's bookcase, and pull out and see what Sandy said in her life? What are the things that I'm saying that people are going to be accountable for? Because guess what he says? He says, you as teachers and preachers, those of you leading, you're held to a higher level. How many know that many of us in this room, we have been hurt by the church? Now, we can, we can honestly say that happens, but here's the deal. What you've been hurt by is broken people, not the church. Not Jesus, just broken people. Unfortunately, broken people are in the church. We're all broken. We all need a savior. But here's the deal. As leaders, when we speak, our words carry more weight because more people are listening. There's not a day that goes by that I don't feel ill-equipped to be up here or every time I walk up here going, Jesus, please give me the words to speak. Because I know what I'm saying. I want him to be happy with now, James makes this very statement over and over again. He makes examples like this. He says bits and horses. Now, those of you that don't know horses, they put this bit in their mouth, and they, the, the, the reins tie at the end, right? Am I right? And, and, that, and the person riding the horse goes like this, and the horse goes this way. That big, muscular horse is dictated by a little bit in his mouth. Then he says a rudder on a ship. Now, the ships are huge, right? You got people rowing, right? They're rowing. And this little dinky rudder in the back directs the whole ship. Then he says a forest fire. He said, the forest with all these humongous trees giving forth fruit, all the animals, everything in the, in the forest, and one little fire can consume the whole thing. That's what he says your mouth is like. Now, if James was here today in 2023, I think he would give me liberty and he would agree that not only is what you say, but it's what you post. Because how many know that what you post can ha- actually have more power than what you say? More people see it. In fact, 2020, remember, the, remember that year? Somebody like, ooh, I started getting a twitch when I said 2020. In 2020, there was a movie out called Social Dilemma. Anybody remember that? Remember, we had nothing else to do but watch movies, 2020. That was a movie that was powerful. It was a documentary on social media. And this was, it was a documentary examining how social media, listen to me, social media's design nurtures addiction to maximize profit and its ability to manipulate people's views emotions, behavior, and spread false ideologies. What they said was if you like a certain thing or you vote a certain way, they will force feed you information that will get you more addicted to social media. What I also noticed this week as I was doing study was that people actually gravitate towards bad news on social media than good news. They, they're doing a study and they're finding that more people get excited about bad news than good news. So when you hear about a train derailing, and all this chemical spilling everywhere, we go, oh my gosh, did you hear about this? It's almost as if the bad news overtakes the good news. It's almost as if fear is being released through social media and the news, and not good news like testimonies and miracles. Hmm. It's almost as if we're being manipulated through our media. Well, here's the deal. I want to give you the source, the source of all of this. This is what James says. He's so wise. It's your heart. It's your heart. What is the bib- Biblical definition of the heart? You ever, you ever read Ephesians 1.15, it says, "Having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know? You remember the old song, open the eyes of my heart? We used to sing that, I was like, this is a weird song, right? Let's be honest, some of the songs we sing is weird, right? Like open the eyes of my heart, like there's eyes in my heart, and that immediately brought me to this thing. I always envision this when I hear that. Put the next, there you go. That, remember that guy? Remember that guy? <laughs> I always think we're singing to that guy. Like that's the, does anybody remember? You have to be an OG in Christian ministry. You have to be raised in the church to know Harmony heart right there. Isn't that his name? I don't know. He always popped up with the ball-headed devil. Remember the ball-headed devil? Some of you don't know. Some of you haven't been there, and rightfully so, you're blessed. Anyway. This is not the heart we're singing about. Let me, let me explain to you. We might recognize references to the heart as predispositions or inclinations and traits of personalities that are characterized by our minds at the core of our consciousness. Naturally, the mind and the heart are two separate aspects of human nature. We shouldn't let metaphorical or poetic language to overwhelm our common sense. With that in mind, we can proceed a bit further metaphorically as we identify the biblical heart. Dr. James Burton Kaufman says this. I think this is so good. This is the definition of your heart in biblical terms. It is the thing that imagines Genesis 6-5. It understands Matthew 13-15. It reasons Mark 2 28. It thinks Luke 9-47. It believes Romans ten nine, And it loves 1 Peter 22 These passages are more than enough to identify the scriptural heart in the mind or seat of the intelligence. So what God is saying is, if you can work on your imagination, your understanding, your reasons, your thoughts, your belief, and your love, then your mouth will change. Those are the things dictating what you say. Let me say this to you today. Your words create worlds. Your words create worlds. Your attitude creates atmospheres. Some of you walk in a room and you're in a bad attitude. You're like, I don't know why everybody's upset. It's you. You brought it in. You created it. You got the, the black cloud around you walking around like Snoopy. Your fear creates your future. The things you fear will come to pass because you create them in your mind. So what's the problem? Verse 14, 16. Jealousy and selfish ambition equal evil disorder. We live in a world where we are so jealous and envious about each other that we try to overpost against someone else's post to try to prove how better our post is against their post. I know not everybody in this room posts. Not everybody does it, but you do read them. You do watch them. You are influenced by them. That's the fact. We are all. In fact, Paul said in Romans 1, he almost, well, I guess he did prophesy where we were going in all of this you know Romans 1? Paul talks about that there's an ungodliness and unrighteousness in men. It becomes so bad that God says he gives them over to their unrighteousness. Let let me just explain to you what it says. and You tell me if this doesn't fit for today. It says he gave them over to their lust of their heart, to the impurities, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Then it says God gave them over to dishonorable passions, He goes on to explain that men lie with men, women lie with women. Does this not explain our nation today? Then he goes on to say that he finally gives them over to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And this is what he says. I'm going to read it to you. And since they did not seem fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to their debased or reprobate or unproven mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manners of unrighteousness, evil, Covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossipers, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Now listen to this. This is where it really clinches. Though they know God's righteousness decrees, that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Paul says they even know the truth, they know what's going to happen when they don't follow the truth, but they acknowledge and celebrate those not doing it. This is where we're at. James knew it. And he said, Church, if you can reverse all of this by the way you speak, You have the ability to call things out that though they were, to make them as if they are. What does that mean? Well, just with evil you have, you have good things too. You can begin to declare things over your home, over your city, over your school. You don't have to take what the world tells you about public school. You can declare God's goodness over your schools. Well, I'm just one person. Well, guess what? You have a powerful thing called a mouth. And every day when I drop my kids off at school, I pray over that school. Lord, may they experience revival. Why not just Asbury University? You think God just wants that one place to experience that there's a line of 2,000 people out there, only a couple people can get in there? You don't think he wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh? Some of you older people, I guess he's not going to get me. I guess it's just the the millennials and the the Gen Z. No, no, he wants you too. He wants every person. That's why he says sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, they're all going to prophesy. They're all going to have dreams and visions. They're all going to experience God's goodness. He is a generational God. So what do we do? We have to act and we have to speak. So the solution, good news. James gives it in verse 17. They're wisdom words, words that are pure. We need to speak things that are peaceful. Do you put out fires or do you start them? They need to be gentle. Do you speak with love or a heavy reply? I'll get you. You're not going to post that. Are you open to reason? Are you willing to be wrong or live to be right? Are you merciful? Do you give people a second or third chance? Are you just like the one and done? That's it. I'm done. We're done with you. Do you have good fruit? We went and bought these. Well, I did. My wife says nobody likes them. I bought a bag of avocados, right? I'm a fan of avocados, but thank you. Oh, okay. Avocado fans. All right. Wow. Okay. Everybody's raising their hands. Amen. With avocados, I got thrown off by that. Thank you, Eric. Um, But here's the deal. I got six of them, and I was the only one eating them. And they weren't ripe, so I put them on the windowsill, because that's what you do, right? That's what I thought you do. You just put them on the windowsill so they could see out and see the world, and they become ripe. I don't know. Maybe they see a tree, and they go, that's how I want to be. I couldn't get through all six of them, right? Because I was like, I'm the only one eating them. I should have brought Eric over. The point of it all is, by the time I got to the fourth one, it was rotten. There's nothing you can do. you got to throw it away. So my question to you is, are we speaking with rotten fruit? Do people have a good aftertaste of your life, or do you stink like rotten fruit? Are you impartial? Are you unbiased? Are you able to hear both sides, or better yet, are you able to hear the third side, which is the truth? How many know there's your side, their side, and the truth? Are you sincere? Are you true? Do people know you care? Or do you have to keep reminding them, I believe in you. I care about you. If I have to keep telling you, maybe I don't really believe in you. These are the things that we need to live and these are the ways we need to talk. So how do we place this in the gospel story? James 3.10 says, out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be. And you know what he does? He talks about an olive tree having figs, and he talks about salt water and fresh water. And here's the cool thing. You want to know something? God does this all the time. He demonstrates scripture through nature. I want to show you a picture here. There's actually a place in Canada, you know about this, where fresh water and salt water mix. You can see that on the right picture right there. That's actually fresh water with all the sediment, the dirt, meeting with the salt water of the sea. This is in, this is the Fraser River entering into the Strait of Georgia in Vancouver, Canada. It looks odd, but the real transformation is happening under the surface, that's why I gave you that diagram, that's how I roll here, under the surface because the sediment, the dirt, is murking up the water. So what happens is as it hits the salt water, the salt water mixes with the sediment and it becomes heavier, so the dirt actually falls to the bottom. That's why it looks clear when it hits the salt water. Now this is a natural phenomenon, but James, as well as God knew, that what he demonstrates in scripture, he demonstrates in the natural. What you're seeing here is exactly what James is saying. You can't have this mixing of things because without you knowing it, because you wouldn't see it under the water, all the dirt that's murking up the front one over here is actually still there, it's under the surface. What James is saying is, if you don't get the heart clean, the dirt's just under the surface. It might look good on the outside it might look fresh and clean but the reality is down and below the dirt is still there god wants you to get whole say whole i didn't say healed i said whole we all want to be healed how many go to healing services no we go to healing services i'm going to start making services called whole services won't we'll get your life right. Well, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in that best part. We'll go deep into the father womb. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. No, but we want the healing. But how many know that the wholeness many times will heal the physical body because what you deal with in your heart will manifest in your life. That's why we have to be fresh streams. Because the world is watching us. They're watching what you post. They're watching you. Do you have hope in 2020? Do you have hope in the next election cycle? Do you have hope when all things look lost? We're talking about all the water being polluted and the air being polluted, all this stuff being released into the world. I don't know if you know this. Trains are derailing and all sorts of nonsense is happening. But I just kept reminding myself, they will drink deadly poisons. They will get bit by snakes. I'm not going to ask for it, but if it happens, God's got me. See, that's the peace I have because of the word of God that says, we're going to be okay. So it's not my job to get up on posts and tell everybody, oh, the world's coming to an end. My job is to say, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not like the world gives to you, this is a different kind of peace. So how do we use wisdom words in the modern times? Again, I would say to you that many of you may not talk as much as you post or read. So today I want to give the license from James, I believe James would give me poetic license in this, to accommodate not only what you say, but what you post. You will be accountable for your socials. There's power in your posts. Matthew 12, this, Jesus says this, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit, you brood of vipers. By the way, he was talking to the church. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, or let me just say it this way, out of the abundance of the heart, the person posts. The good person out of the good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasures bring forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they post. For by your posts, you will be justified. You see a theme here? And by your words and the things you post, you will be condemned. Listen, you may say to me, Pastor Mark, I don't post, but you read them. You're influenced by them. So today, I want to give you simple ways to clean your stream. Number one, delay the action, weigh the response. Do not feel the need to urgently reply or repost anything that God is telling you or what you think God is telling you right away. I talked to somebody after the first service. They said, you know how many things I've typed up and deleted? I said, I know what you're talking about. I've done that too. Well, I'm, gonna kick I'm like that cat emoji. Like, Anybody know what I'm talking about? Not one person? Gee whiz, thank you. Uh, uh, type it away, type it away in the Holy Spirit. No, you're not. i delete. Okay, how many do that all the time? Why? That's the gracious and goodness of the Holy Spirit stopping you from making a mess. Because our emotions, think I'm going to show them. The world says celebrate this. Celebrate, just put it out there. And many times we don't need to do that. James says this in chapter one. Remember that a couple weeks ago? He said, let every person be what? Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Wait. And here's the other thing. Sometimes I found this too, that I, you know, I, some, something happens and we're quick to judge if it's God or not. Just wait a minute. He'll reveal himself. Let's just see. You don't have to post right away. God will get his word out. You don't need your post. You need your four followers. It's going to be all right. And that also applies, listen to this, that also applies to political things, social things, come on now, health things, come on now, what, 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 right? We get ourselves in trouble, right? The reality is, is God's going to speak truth and it's going to get out. Number two, delete the trigger, don't be the trigger. Ooh, did you know that there's some things on the internet and in the interwebs that trigger you and you don't have to be triggered by them? Delete them. Did you know that? Don't be the trigger. Don't be the person that always posts something to rile somebody up. You don't have to be that. That is not what God has called you to do. And reposting things is just as bad. I say it. Sometimes it's like an online hand grenade. I'm just going to leave this right here, pull the pin, and step back and watch everybody fight over this thing. That is not how God has called us to steward our words. Don't post things and drop back and wait for everybody to marinate around it. That's a cesspool of violence. That ain't good. That leads me into number three. What you follow will create atmospheres. So it's not even what you post. It's the things you let into your eyes. It's the things you scroll before you go to bed. It's the, I'm, not, like, I'm not against social media. I think it's powerful. I think it could be a tool that can change the world. What I am is the things that are hurting you. Guess what? Did you know this? I'm going to give you a little tip. This is from the Heavenly Father right now. There's a thing called unfollow. You are welcome to unfollow people. Here's the, I'm, I'm letting you know why wow, I didn't know you could do that. Doesn't mean you don't love them. It just means I don't want to hear your vile stupidity. Amen. I feel like I'm stepping on toes here today you can unfollow things you don't have to watch everything you don't have to follow every news outlet you don't have to be up all night watching all the desolation all over the world you don't have to do that if you can't handle it don't do it because what you see will create an atmosphere around your heart and what's in your heart will come out of your mouth if you under why am i so down why am i always talking about destruction why is everything so doom and gloom it's because what you lend in your eyes I'm telling you right now I'm giving you some practical advice. And listen, what you like also carries weight because people can see it. Oh, Denny liked that. Denny's probably not even on social media. The reality is is Denny only likes good things like vegetables and farming and things like that. But the reality is is when you like something, you're putting your weight behind that. So be very careful what you like. Your post will create your future. Now this is the reality. You want to hear a scary reality? Many of you, when you go to apply for a job, The new norm is before you even get in the room, they go on your socials and they investigate who you are. I'm not just talking about what you posted last week or where you were eating last night, but I'm talking about they go deep dive. They go way back. They go find out what, and we see this with social media with athletes, things they said when they were a kid pulling them up. So the reality is how do you avoid that? Be careful what you post because it will create your future. And here's the deal. Deleted posts still haunt you. There's a whole thing called screenshots. We can still see your post after you delete them. So be careful what you post. Be careful what you watch. Be careful. And repost carry weight too. I'm telling people like when they repost something and it's vile and it's all of a sudden, well, you're coming into agreement with that. And here's the last one. You can't hide the inside. I'm going to flip that on the good way. Because if you're good here, it's just naturally going to come out. Out of the outflowing of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you cultivate an environment in here where the Heavenly Father can move in your life, you're naturally going to be an encourager. And let me tell you something, encouragers have a lot of friends. They do, because everybody wants to be encouraged. Who the heck wants to be around somebody that just constantly tells you how bad life is and how bad you are? But when you get around somebody and you can say, well, that's not really true. Well, I'm calling out your destiny. So maybe we'll call it a prophetic word. But I'm looking into your heart and I see the goodness in you. So an encourager can speak forth. So when you get on socials and when you get in begin to prophesy God's goodness and you begin to declare his goodness on the interwebs, you actually have a higher and a greater impact than people back in the day. Do you know that you have a greater impact in the world around you than James did? Think about that for a moment. James, all he had was a pen to write a letter where some guy would run and get on a boat and, and get to another city and deposit the letter and they would write the letter. They didn't have any FedEx copy machines. They were just doing it all. And, and you had the ability to push send and declare God's goodness all over the world. Now people say, well, every time I post something about Jesus, nobody likes it. No, but people read it. Every time you declare his testimonies of what he's doing in your life, they might not like it. You may not know they even read it, but you're declaring God's goodness. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm not fully healed yet. Well, declare his goodness in the journey. Don't wait till the testimony is finalized. Do it in the process because you know how many people are in the process of their testimony that need to hear that it's still good. God is still good in the process. You get to release the kingdom of God from your mouth and your fingers. This is exciting times we live in. This is exciting times. You can pray for people in Ukraine. We have a church family that we support. Some some of you know them. They've been here before. And they're in the middle of war. And every day I can see posts from her. And we're on voice text. Me and Leanne, we're we're encouraging them. And Anya's getting ready to have a baby. And I'm like, come on, man. Celebrate the Lord. and, And the bombs are going off around them. And people are dying in their church. But they're celebrating Jesus. And we're encouraging them. What a great time to be alive. Come on. We get to walk with them. We get to bless them. This is a good time to be alive. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put some questions up here. And I want you to ask, I'm going to invite the band out to come out and play and set the atmosphere while you marinate in this place right now. Because here's the questions I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. What springs out of you that shouldn't? Now, every one of us, we know these things, right? Something triggers you. Something gets you angry. What is that? That's a sign. That's it. What is the source of this and that needs healing? What does God want to heal in me? God is so in love with you that he will allow these things to trigger you just so you know what he wants to heal. That's it. He wants to heal us. He wants us to be more like him. What perspectives need to change for you to create wisdom words? Maybe you need to set up a meeting with someone. Maybe you need to get inner healing. Maybe you just need to realign your heart and mouth with his word. Whatever it is, do it today. Don't wait. And how will you, you, create a heavenly narrative around you going forward? I'm telling you right now, I believe the Lord wants us in the body of Christ, the churches in this area, to begin to prophesy to dead things. You know, I'm reading articles about this Asbury revival, and, and they're saying that this happened twice already. So it's like what, what's happening here well they're redigging digging wells they're bringing things back to life and it's happening with college kids i love watching it because they don't sound like they don't sound like nashville right I, I, can we just say thank god because god can use people that don't sound like nashville you don't have a light show and led screen and people with auto-tune like literally these are just kids worshiping god and people are coming from all over the world and here's the good news god just didn't want to do it just there wants it to be contagious so he's looking for people like us to say you know what Lord use me I'm not going to let my mouth be quiet I'm not going to stop declaring your praise I'm going to keep declaring your praise even me right now I can barely speak but guess what I'm going to keep doing it until I can't speak anymore because the reality is I get the opportunity to release the goodness of the word of God with my mouth and to create atmospheres of hope around me so today I'm going to invite you to stand up And I'm going to remind you that as you speak and worship in these next few moments, you can change the trajectory of your life and the people around you. Well, Pastor Mark, that just sounds crazy. Like, who am I? Who are you? The Spirit of living God lives inside of you. Who are you? God sent His Son to die on a cross for you. Who are you? You're the apple of His eye. Like, these are things that God says about you. So if you feel any less than, it's not biblical. But if we as the church, just in this room alone, if we understood the power of this, we could change this city and Nashville would be set on fire. So I believe today that God wants to rewire the way we speak, and it starts here in our heart. I felt this in the first service, I'm gonna say it in the second. There's people in this room today that God wants to break words over your life that have been lingering over you, that have been spoken over you. I felt this in this service. The Lord said that your father spoke over your life. I don't know who that is, but today I break those words off of you right now. I really do. Like I literally see a dad speaking over you and saying, you'll never be good enough. You were never, we never wanted you. You're a failure. You're never, you'll never amount to anything. And I break those word curses off of you. For some reason you've forgotten about it, but the Lord says, I want to heal your past right now. And I want to remind you that God loves you. He doesn't make junk. He didn't didn't forget about you. And I speak the power of the living God over your life today that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. That although you may not be where you want to be, God is walking with you and he's healing you. And today I break that curse over your life that was spoken over you. And you will amount to something because God lives inside of you. And you will see God do great things inside of you because he lives with you. And I just say even right now, if you're dealing with that today, let the Holy Spirit remind you that he is with you, he'll never leave you or forsake you, and when he starts something, he completes it. Thank you so much for listening to this message. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multi-generational, multicultural community of believers passionately pursuing Jesus, family, freedom, and unity in the body of Christ. If you would like to connect with us, visit us at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.